0: You're listening to From the Clubhouse, a National Club Golfer podcast. many worrying stories from golf clubs in the early stages of the pandemic last year but this was one of the most concerning. A club that should have been celebrating their 125th anniversary were wondering whether it might actually be their last. Frinton had revealed a worrying loophole. They were originally unable to get hold of a crucial grant because the rateable value of their business exceeded 51,000. The Essex Club lobbied their MP in government, arguing the anomaly threatened the future of golf clubs all over the country. When lockdown eased, golf boomed and participation numbers soared as the sport became the ideal socially distanced pastime. But what happened at Frinton? In this edition of the From the Clubhouse podcast, I'm joined by club director Simon Martin Redman and chairman Graham Dodds to find out. Simon and Graham, welcome to the From the Clubhouse podcast. Hello. Hi. Readers of National Club Golfer magazine and our website, um, nationalclubgolfer.com, uh, will be familiar with the story of Frinton. Uh, you came to us, Simon, uh, in the midst of the first lockdown last April. In something of a bind, the club should have been celebrating in joyous terms its 125th anniversary instead you were wondering whether it could be your last year, um, principally because you felt at that point you were gonna be unable to get hold of a business-saving government grant. I mean, I, just, just remind um, listeners, Simon, if you could, um, how parlous the situation was for Frinton last April.
1: I think like a lot of golf clubs, we were, we were really struggling. We suddenly had a course closed Um, Frinton is unusual in that we get 50% of our revenues from our clubhouse because our membership is not that great, um, purely because of where we are uh, geographically. Because we shut the clubhouse and had no revenues from there and shut the golf course, we were really struggling because um, you still have to keep a golf course maintained. At that particular time, we, like every other golf club in the country, um were struggling to get a business grant because golf clubs have high rateable values due to the acreage of their property and government grants were not being given to anybody who had a rateable value at first were not given being given to anybody who had a rateable value below 51000 above 51000 and of course golf clubs do have a rateable value above 51000 especially in the south of england um but the government came good and we did get the grant and um you know, as I said, to love them or loathe them, the government has has been fantastic for for companies and in particular, you know, golf clubs, tennis clubs, cricket clubs to keep them afloat without having to go to members because we're not a wealthy club.
2: Just to put that into context, Steve, the grants that we've received, we've received various grants, but over the piece, we've received circa £60,000 in grants and probably, in furlough money, in addition, which has obviously um, been very helpful, we've probably received, I would suggest, 70 000 to 80,000 pounds in furlough money. So, add the two together and that's kept us alive, that's for sure. Um, we, at one stage, we got to within a month's um, expenditure in the bank account. So, we were within a month of having to go to our members and beg Um, In addition to the grants and the furlough money, we also took out uh, um, one of the uh, coronavirus loans, um, business interruption loans, of £75,000. We have the option of repaying that loan later this year, should we decide to do so. Um, We're undecided on that at this stage, Um, but we certainly have the potential to pay that back because we've had very we had very strong renewals last july when we renewed our memberships um fortunately we were playing golf again by then and then um we decided to do a nine-month renewal last july to minimize people's outgoings um so we did a nine-month renewal which was then um renewed on the first of april this year so that was quite fortuitous time-wise as well on the basis that we came back to the golf course in late March. Um, So if you take those two renewal seasons that that have happened within the um, the virus period, we've probably grown our membership in all categories. We have quite a few categories by about 80 people. And in money terms, that's probably worth about £40,000 on each renewal.
0: So let's step back um, a bit if we can um, and just uh, talk about the situation that the club has come through. I mean, um, you very um, uh, in detailed terms highlighted the finances and the grants that you've been able to receive. And that I'm grateful for that because it gives listeners a picture of how you as a, as a golf club have benefited from those schemes. Without that money, would the club be shut?
2: i don't think it would have been shut like i said to you we got within a month of running out of cash but we have such a loyal membership i suggest if we got to that stage our membership would have come good and uh, helped us through until we could uh, get get through to another renewal season having said that we might have had to operate the club in a somewhat different way in the interim there may have been redundancies um there may have been um well there may, there may have been lots of cutbacks in other areas um to keep us alive but i don't think we would have shut now.
1: but you have to keep you know all golf clubs have to keep their club maintained if you, if you don't have your green stuff working you lose a golf course you know that's why we're so unusual as a golf club aren't we? i mean golf clubs have to maintain their property um and you know not just because of COVID, but look at the weather we've had as well. So, you know, you couldn't lace, put staff off and say, don't come in for a few weeks. We've had people working the whole time. And uh, our membership is quite an old membership, although it's getting younger. Post-lockdown, it's got much younger than we've had before. I mean, a lot of new members are in the under-40 category. Um, but before, our membership was sort of 60s and 70-year-olds as so predominantly. Um, but we it's only just, only just. But we um we 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 had great staff. Um, um, I, during during the lockdown period, we helped the community by doing um takeaway meals, and we've got a phenomenal uh, team of chefs at the golf club. And um, I think I'm correct in saying, Graham, that uh turnover for takeaway meals was circa sixty grand.
2: Yeah, I mean catering turnover reduced from about 270,000 to 150,000 last year but that 150 like Simon said included 60,000 pounds worth of fish and chip takeaways sunday lunch takeaways takeaway meals generally so yeah i mean that wasn't just that just didn't just keep the staff working it also made us a small profit i guess and it was would be a small profit on takeaways but the cash flow was was really helpful and cash flow, as anyone that's run a business knows, cash flow in times like this is more important than profit. Yeah. Um, it's cash flow that kills companies, not profit.
0: We'll get on to the membership in a minute because I'm interested in, in how they've responded and I'd quite like to tackle that in detail, but in terms of the, the, the takeaways, obviously that was um, you know, vital revenue for you in that time, but did it also have a wider impact in that it brought people to the club who may not yeah. have been involved in it in the past?
2: Yeah, I mean that's tr- that's true, Steve. Because what we did is we we engaged in quite a strong social media campaign, um, which didn't just didn't just get to our members; it got to the whole community, um, the wider community. So we have seen lots of non-members buy our takeaway meals by our Sunday lunches. And hopefully those people are now joining us as social members, if not golfing members. So yeah, we we had a big social media campaign, um, Facebook, Instagram, very successful. And we will continue that in a strong way going forward because um, even us old footy-duddies now realize the, the, the power of social media.
0: Yeah, um, let's talk about the members then. Um, two things really that that, that strike me. Um, the first was um, the younger um, group that you've brought into the club or that have come to the club presumably initially because they couldn't play other sports that perhaps they'd been used to. I mean, great news um, for everyone at Frinton to bring the age demographic down. How easy do you think will it be to keep those members as the pandemic recedes and we go back to uh, whatever normal is. I mean, we can play football now this year. We can play cricket. Um, but those members, from, from what you guys seem to be saying, have remained with you. Do you think that will continue?
1: We'd be very fortunate that uh, we have a, f- a very, very good golf course. Um, and our greens are some of the best I- in the area. Um, well, they are the best area. They're probably the best in Essex now, yeah. Um, In the last few weeks, the Essex professionals and uh, all the best amateur golfers in Essex have played a tournament here. And, you know, they rave about the greens that we have. And as a result, we have attracted um, some of the younger members from local clubs. And that is because, A, the quality of our course, but B... Frinton's always been champagne golf. In other words, you can always get on the course and play a very quick round. And we have members that come 20, 30 miles. In fact, we've got one or two members that come 40 miles from other parts of Essex and can get in their car, drive to Frinton, play golf and go home and still quicker than they'd have played a round of golf at their local club. Yeah. Okay, so we, we a three hour round here is quite normal and you can yeah. always get on the course. And so if you're a young chap with a young family playing in a course sort of 10 miles away, it's really important that you're not standing on the tee, waiting on every tee for players in front of you. They can just play quick golf. And that's Steve, what And we'll keep Steve,
2: them, them. Steve, your other question was, yeah, your question was, will we keep these people? Lots of these young young, young, young people, I call them young, they're under 40, let's say, um, they're not new people to golf. Most of them are single handicapped golfers. Um, you know, we've, we've got guys who've jumped from other clubs, two, three, four, five handicaps. Um, so golf is not a sort of nine day wonder for these guys. This is this is their sport of choice. And they've chosen Frinton as their club of choice. Um, some have chosen Frinton as their second club. because uh, We have what's called second club membership, um, whereby if you pay, if your handicap is uh, managed by another club, you can join us as a second club. Some have joined in that fashion, I think to test us out and to see if they, they enjoy their golf at Frinton. And then maybe next renewals, they'll jump fully to us. Um, so these guys aren't new to golf. They're not cricketers, they're not footballers, they're golfers um, in
1: Interesting. the Generically, right across the world of golf, you get people playing golf up until their early to mid twenties. They get married. And with young children, they don't have time to play around a golf. And then they all come the money. then all the money, but then they come back to it. And I think we're attracting those ones with young families because we are quick golf. Frinton is a very quick golf course to play because we don't have hordes of people. And if I tell you that's really unusual about us, is that Monday to Friday mornings and most afternoons, the course is fairly busy. Weekends, we're not busy. Because an awful lot of our seniors only play Monday to Friday.
2: Competitions are busy weekends, but outside of competition, it's very quiet, yes. We're the
1: um, only only club in the in the area that it visit, you know, we actually attract and want societies to play at weekends. Yeah. And we do have societies playing at weekends because Saturday afternoon Sunday afternoon, our golf course is empty.
2: Absolutely empty. This is another factor as well that helps us. During the first lockdown, Steve, we introduced, you'll be familiar with it Club V1, um, the T-booking system. That's that's remarkably popular with people because they've got visibility of golf availability um, for two weeks hence at any point in time. Um, So I think that's a great attraction to lots of people who've come from clubs that don't have Club V1 for sure. Um, That was a really, really and successful implementation i think when we brought in that in last april may
0: yeah the other question um regarding members is is how you got them through that period of uh, repeated lockdowns i mean i think the first one you know we understood it um the second one was four weeks but the third one uh, i think all golfers were massively frustrated by that i mean clearly understood the the issue with infection and hospitalizations and death nobody's saying that but from a from a point of view of playing you know your members like every other have had over a period of 15 months nearly 6 months where they weren't playing i mean that takes careful handling doesn't it to keep people uh, on board and keep them going so how did you get the club through that
2: we we had it we had a very very successful communication campaign right from the first lockdown right until um the end of March this year, we communicate with our members frequently on different subjects, just to keep them interested and let them know that we were looking after their club in their absence and that there was great things to look forward to. So we would write to them typically at least once a fortnight, um, maybe more in some in some cases, telling them what was happening on the course, in the clubhouse, what our plans were for the future. Um, Sure, we were very aware that some members would be getting anxious about they paid over a thousand pounds and they weren't really playing golf. Um, And there was a little bit of that. But most of our members realised that it's a private members club. You know, there isn't some fat cat taking a slice out of of the surplus um, monies. All of the money that we have is their money. So if we were to give anybody money back for lack of golf, we don't have to come knocking on their door later in the year and say, hey, we've run out of money. We need some more money from you. So it, it, it's their money. And I think most of our members, I'm not saying all, but most of our members fully appreciated that. The moment we
1: put out some scripts and renewals, um, we had people paying on the day. In fact, we had members asking if they could pay in advance to help keep the club afloat, Yeah, which is amazing. I think our communication strategy was good. We were helped that we had the wettest winter on record.
2: But so they wouldn't have played otherwise? No.
1: So if they'd have seen beautiful sunshine and the golf course in fantastic condition, uh, it would have been harder to, to manage the communication strategy. But when it's absolutely hissing down and the golf course is wet and soggy and horrible, it's not quite so difficult to say you can't
0: play golf. Well forward, it? It, it probably wasn't the 100, it definitely wasn't the 125th birthday, I'm sure that everyone at Frinton no. dreamed about. Um, as we move into 126 now and the and the club moves forward, um, how are you looking as you come out of the pandemic? And do you hope that if um, we get the uh, relaxation and restrictions as the year goes on, that you, that you will be able to celebrate as a club?
2: Let's start with our renewals, which we did in March joke April. Um, we have just taken more money than the renewal season has ever seen at Frinton. So our renewals at the highest point they've ever been um, in cash terms. Um, we did and we did increase the, the fees by £30 or thereabouts for full members. That got a bit of sniping, but by and large it was accepted. Um, we have, a, we have a clubhouse program that started last Friday night with um, a bistro night and entertainment. It was fully sold out within two days of it being um, put on the website. Uh, you don't have a Saturday we, night free until Christmas. We have, no, we have- sold we sold out every Saturday night. Yeah, well, every Friday night is a club event. So this coming Friday is a Chinese night. The following Friday is a pasta and risotto night. Um, every Saturday night is, like Simon said, is sold out for the balance of the year to people having their own celebration parties of some description, birthday there parties. There's, parties a weddings. A, where there's a few weddings. Um, every Sunday will be sold out for Sunday lunch. Uh, Sunday just gone, was sold out, 85 people or so in the dining room. Um, we can sell out every Friday night, every Sunday. Uh, for the bounce of the year we have no fears about uh our fear is stuffing it up not provide not selling the tickets we do have a chefs though we do have
1: i mean let's be fair it's not normal golf club catering i mean we are the venue of choice for functions yeah. in
2: the area um we have we, have we have, we two, have we have two chefs steve that were trained at the lanes in london uh so they did their training so these guys can do anything from a bowl of chips to gourmet dining, and they do do all of that. Um, so I don't think Simon or I would have any fear. We've we, we've we've gone through our renewals. That's good. We've exceeded any previous renewal season. We've got every Saturday booked up till the end of the year. We will sell every Friday night as soon as we launch it, and every Sunday lunch will be sold out for the balance of the year. Um, yeah. Our staff, that is the problem. I spoke to our bar manager yesterday and uh, I said, just to see how her, her rotors were looking, um, she's struggling to find staff um, be, for, the, for the event nights. Um, so we're going to have to go to the market, which we've never done before, to seek bar staff. <laughs> so we've got a really rosy balance of the year to look forward to. Um, what we also did, Steve, as we should have said earlier, over the winter, as we've predicted outdoor drinking would be a bigger a bigger thing this year, we created a new grass terrace below our main terrace, so we can seat another thirty six people on the grass terrace in addition to the forty or so we can seat on the on the main terrace. We we, we built that during January February. It looks absolutely fantastic. It's got parasol, it's furniture, parasols. It look it's the best place to drink in Frinton. Is,
1: I have to say that, and I live next door to the golf club. And so it's uh, it, it's nice to have. Um, but one of the reasons I, I get involved with the golf club is if you live next door, it's not only a local boozer, it's you know you, you want to make sure everything's running, running smoothly. And we'd like to think we will get a celebration again, but we haven't been able to replan celebrations until we know what the government's views are, because we've canceled it twice now. We've canceled yeah. it twice.
2: Simon Simon may have told you previously, but his wife was uh, the organiser of our 125 celebration. It was going to be such a grand event. There were £100 tickets and there was no profit in that for the club at all. That was the cost. It was going to be a fantastic event and we were fully sold out. Um, We then decided we'd do it in May this year um, and make it 125 plus one. But obviously we couldn't do that either. whether we do 125 two five plus two, I don't know. We'll, that's for the board to discuss over the coming weeks and months. I mean,
1: maybe- so we had two hundred people coming to the ball, and uh, and of course you can't fit two hundred people in un- with, with social distancing. So until we know what we're allowed to do, um, we we have to wait and see. But everything's in place to to run it
0: again. Everything's in place to run it again. Um, yeah, the infrastructure side. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe you should look at one, two, five, plus five or something like that. I'm um, for a really good one at 130. I mean, just, just to finish off, gents, um, it, clearly you've um, had a very hard time through lockdown, as all golf clubs had. And, you know, for a club that relies on, um, on bar revenue and catering revenue and F&B in general, I mean, obviously there's been, you know, regardless of grants and regardless of membership uh, increases, there's been a hit for you there. But, I mean, paradoxically do you feel that um, as we move out of the pandemic, that all of the things that we've talked about, the increase in membership, you know, the, the greater community involvement, the fact that you are the, the venue of choice for people to go and eat in in, in the town. Um, do you think that, that actually, despite of all, all of this, that you're probably or could be in a stronger place going forward for the next few years?
2: Well, Simon can answer this as well, but I would say definitely yes. We've, we've learned a lot. Um, we've learned that we need to communicate more. We've learned that we need to engage with the community more. Um, we've learned to work as a board of directors more effectively because we've been very hands-on as six directors. And I don't think that will stop in the future either because we have, I mean, we, we're a limited company with six directors. We all have a spread of business experience, and most of us, apart from one, have got very grey or no hair, so we've we've learned how to work as a team much more effectively. We've learned how to um, gel with our staff much better. I don't think we gelled with our staff very well previously, but I think we now consider, we now consider the staff as very much um, key to going forward, whereby before we just used to treat them as staff and that was that wasn't right um and we've gradually over the last few two or three months we've gradually handed more and more responsibility to the chefs the bar manager the course manager um because we and, and later this year we'll recruit a new general manager because we've been without the general manager now for nearly a year and that's been fine because we've all worked hard but i think if you go without a manager for a length of time things start fray at the edges um so we need to get that discipline back in in place so we have drafted a job description for a bar man- for a club manager general manager and we would hope to recruit by the end of the autumn have someone in position
1: one of the things that COVID has done um right across um the world as it's brought digitization forward, but in some cases, in some organizations, by five, 10 years. Um, You know, I I do other things where there's a lot of old people, older people, who are now, you know, Zoom, Teams, just accept it's the way of the future. I did a presentation uh, last week. You know, people from 60 countries participated. I mean, they could never have done that in the past. You know, people have had to come, physically to listen to the presentation. But it's also done things... It's, it's de cityfied society. You know, whereas everybody was rushing into cities, small towns, people are staying more in small towns because they're working from home. If you're clever and you can work from home, you can get a game of golf in and still work during the day. And I actually think small towns, small um, venues will actually really benefit post-COVID because the people's life has changed They're using technology more i mean my son works in the city and he's not going back to the office till november okay so but he he can get a game of golf in at sort of half past six seven o'clock in the summer and be back at his desk by nine o'clock half nine you know and uh i think people's attitudes will change and i think people you know they'll work for a couple of hours and nip down the golf club for a sandwich and a pint Whereas before they were commuting to London all day, or because we were in Essex, London is the main area of commuting. But they wouldn't necessarily be in the club during the day, and we. And I think you'll see a complete change, because post-COVID digitisation has has moved the world on.
2: From a different level, Simon says digitisation, but from a different point of view, a more practical point of view, it forced the it forced Frinton Golf Club to bring in Club V One. We'd spoken about it as a club. Two three years but we didn't think our members would like it we thought it was a step too far for our elderly membership they've taken to it like a duck to water they love it um that's for that's from a membership point of view from a management point of view we get huge amount of information from it i can check in on my laptop now i can see who's buying drinks in the bar as we speak what they've had for their lunch how much they've spent i can see how much they've spent year to date it's it's fantastic management information um we wouldn't have do, we wouldn't have introduced that had COVID not come along it forced us down a path that we should have done probably a few years ago
1: yeah
0: I agree well it's great to see the club thriving after the concerns of last year all the best uh, Simon and Graham for Frinton in the future and uh, thank you for joining me on the from the Clubhouse podcast
2: you're welcome steve thank you
1: thank you very much and thanks for everything you did for us um, and helped our cause last march when we were really worried sick and the national club golfer uh, and, and and other organizations really really helped highlight the situation